This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. to be speaking to us from the book of Luke chapter 1 and uh, we'll read from verse 26 to 38 and we'll also be looking at Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 25. I want to talk to us this morning about one simple theme, the gift of interrupted life. So and I'd love to the reason why I went to Luke chapter 1, it's because if there was a person who got really interrupted was Mary and Joseph. And uh, by the way, we are here today, I'm sharing God's words with you because uh, God has interrupted your leadership. I was not going to be standing here. It was someone else. But uh, we can see the beauty that comes out of that. You get the opportunity at least to be hearing the word from someone else you are not expecting, but it all in God's plan. So I believe uh, that uh, the prophetic words that were shared this morning, you know, I don't know, I was following. I love to hear when God speaks and open up. I had two words, it's faith and grace. And I'm hoping that it's going to be really coming through the message that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. So let's read um, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. I think it will be, it'll be there. I did put it. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are, you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Then Mary goes, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the only one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, 
and she who was said to be unable to conceive in, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the Lord's word. So, you know, if you want to talk about one's biography, you have to start by mentioning where they were born. You start from there. You don't start by mentioning where they lived or the kind of education they got. You start by speaking about their birth. But when we look into the gospel, the four gospels, we find out that there are only two of the four that is interested to talk about Jesus' birth. The gospel writers have little interest in Jesus' childhood years. In fact, when we read, there is only one incident when he was 12 years old that he spoken about. He went to the temple and Mary and Joseph were looking for him. I know some of you are wondering, what does that have to do with the topic of the gifts of interrupted life? We will get there. But we found Matthew and Luke do show considerable interest in Jesus' birth. And the reason they, uh, they did was because they want to show us that he is the Son of God who became a man by means of the virgin birth. But the thing is, was that an easy thing for Mary or Joseph? I don't think so. So this morning I'm going to give us three points. Then at the end I'm going to give us at least ways that we can respond when we get interrupted by God. You know, when you read the book of Luke, you find that he comes with a lot of details. He writes with details, and sometimes I do ask myself a question, how come this man writes, wrote this with so many details, especially when we think about, even in the case of uh, this particular incident, I think the one thing we can say is that the only possible source of these, you know, intimate details is Mary herself. Maybe, you know, Luke went to Mary and gathered information and then he wrote about it. We are told in Luke chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 that Luke indicates that he did carefully research before he wrote his gospel. So all that we are going to be sharing here, it feels like either he got it from Mary directly or through his research, that's what we we. That's what we he landed with and what I am going to be unpacking to us this morning. So let's focus first on Mary. Mary lived in Nazareth, a fairly small and hidden town in Galilee. That's what we are taught. Very small place. She was not famous. Six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, who is a relative to Mary, God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary to inform her that she would bear the Messiah. Mary was a virgin, engaged to Joseph. In verse 28 and verse 30, uh, 28 to 30, it says this, when he greeted Mary, referring to the angel, Gabriel described her as highly favored and assured her that she had found favor with God. What do you think he meant by this. Mary, you have found favor with God. You are highly favored by God. 
It's my prayer that if you're not all of us this morning, maybe it's one or two people this morning, you will walk out of this place through God's ways, feeling as one who has found favor with God. So what did the angel, what what are these words? What can we say about these declarations? Highly favored, found favor with God. One is that every Jewish woman longed to bear the Messiah. It was spoken, but then it went and fought on this young girl, Mary. What an honor. So, she received the highest honor possible, she would bear the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. This is not a small thing. God blessed Mary by choosing her for that great honor. She was blessed. That's the reason why the angel said, you are highly favored. You are found favor with God amongst many, many other young girls of your age. In his instructions to Mary, the angel, Gabriel made a number of statements, about seven of them in total, but because of time, we're just going to look at a few. Gabriel made it clear that this was not to be a son conceived naturally after she married Joseph. He said, it's not going to happen when you marry this, this guy, then this child will come. Instead, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the only, the most high will overshadow you, Mary. At a time in the Gentile world, there were many rumors about the gods having sexual relationships with women and thus fathering children. There were all those kind of things. But here the scripture tells us, you know, this is not the case that is going to happen here. It is going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary. Jesus' conception was the result of the miracle-waking power of the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. The child would be called the Son of God. That's what the angel said. He will be called the child of God, uh, the Son of God, in verse 35, not the Son of Joseph. He will be called the Son of God and not the Son of Joseph. So my first point this morning is this, interruptions happen. Interruptions are a natural part of life. You are the owners of English. The word interrupt means to come between, to break in. It's the one thing we can count on. Interruptions will come in and break up our plans. It did with your eldership team. It broke up their plans of having someone else to come and preach. Now I am standing here preaching because of interruption. So interruptions happen. You think about the last two and a half years, what has happened across the world, here, in Africa, everywhere. Interruptions happen. We have a plan, but often that plan doesn't work out at all as we expected or as we would have liked it to happen. There are things we can we can just control. 
we should, in a sense, expect the unexpected. In your relationship, in your workplace, in your career, we should expect, even in this community. Some of you are wondering, is this all that you wanted to come and tell us? Yes, interruptions happen. But this doesn't mean that we shouldn't plan or have expectations in place. Those who want to marry, please go ahead and plan. Those who want to change careers, go ahead and plan. Those who want to really looking at relocating, go ahead and plan. But on your list, you must also put interruptions happen. The life of Joseph and Mary helps us make provision for interrupted life. Maybe the word provision is too strong. We should maybe say, expect our plans to be interrupted. If one has never experienced a tough interruption, it's difficult to be at peace when interrupted. If you've never experienced it, it's difficult to be at peace. But I'm saying all of us in the last one and a half years have experienced it. That's, that was global. But I'm speaking now, wanting to bring it home. I'm speaking to you that it will happen. Individual interruptions are to be expected. I was only 11 years old in my country when civil war broke. The young man, the young boy who was dreaming of becoming a medical doctor when civil war broke, my family was separated. That dream came to an end, but without that, I wouldn't have been standing here today. Without that, I wouldn't have been in Cape Town and plant a church and being part of the global family and being involved in what God is doing with my life. My dream was so small, God had something else on his checklist for my life. And is God the same for you? The gift of interrupted life is similar to an expected guest. COVID-19 was an expected guest. We were not anticipating that. So back to Mary, one thing to notice about the customs at the time was that Mary and Joseph were already promised and committed in covenant. That's what we are told. Even though the marriage ceremony was still to take place, a pledge meant that they were as good as married in the eyes of the law, these two people. So Mary was not available to another person, neither Joseph. So they were like, according to the law, they were like already married, as many people are for today. But in those days, a woman especially be grateful for this, Mary had been promised to a good man. Think about Joseph, one with a trade, who was in good standing in his community and a descendant of King David. He had a good career. He was coming from a great family, the right age and stage of life, approval from Mary's family. So he, it seems like all the boxes were ticked or checked. Now, Mary, she's in serious trouble. How would she explain her pregnancy to Joseph? Would he believe her? 
Would he be willing to take on that responsibility? This was not in their plans. And yet, as we see, she accepted it. Mary said yes to it. That's what we just, we've, just, we've just read that. She said yes. We don't see any negotiations happening between Mary and Gabriel. And we know how Joseph responded. He didn't believe her. How could he? His plans for a happy home, a dream with a woman he wanted to love, provide for, and have children together were ruined before his eyes. His life, as well as ours, had been powerfully interrupted. Now I want us to listen to this, if you're a Christ follower. The Christian life is like this. We are ordinary people in many ways. Christians, we are ordinary people. We have plans and desires in place. Yet alongside this, there are God's plans and God's will. I hope you'd agree with me. God is at work. And at any moment, he might do something special in your life. At any moment, he might break in. God doesn't need our permission. This brings me to my second point. Interruptions happen, but it is how we respond to them that is key. So we expect them or we make provision for them, but it's how we respond to them that is key. So I want us to look at Mary and Joseph and how the two of them responded to this interruption. We see in verse 29, 34, and 38 that Mary took her fears and processed them through questioning and then accepted what she felt God's will was for her life. Friends, I want you to understand that it is normal to be troubled. That's what we are told in verse 29. When God speaks to you, it is normal. When God is calling you to something, when things happen in your life, when you are wrestling with some stuff, it is normal to be troubled. By the way, you don't need an angel to come to you like Mary. Because the angels called to the scriptures because they spoke about what was said by the prophet and they said it's going to happen with you, Mary. But we are so blessed because we've got God's word. God can interrupt you the moment you are giving yourself to the word of God. God can interrupt you as I'm speaking right now. There's stuff that you've been wrestling with and God is saying, now I want you to hear this. Now I want you to hear this and you are walking, going back home. But the question is, how are you going to, ex to respond to those interruptions. So Mary took her fears and processed them through questioning and then accepted what she felt God's will was for her life. In verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, God, I am not the one driving my life. 
I want, to, I want you, God, to take control. I am stepping back. I want you to drive it. I am agreeing to your interruptions. You know, my fiance and I, this is the list we had. We were dreaming of relocating in this area. We were thinking about this. So we wanted to start a family together. This is all these are our business plans, etc. But now you are telling me I should stay. Now you are telling me I shouldn't go. Now you are saying that we should never move out of this neighborhood. God. All right. I feel like I'm giving up. Yes. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Not just the Savior, but be my Lord. Then on the other hand, we encounter, I need to check time. Um, then on the other hand, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25, we are told, this is Matthew now telling the same story, but he mostly focusing on Joseph, because Luke told the story focusing on Mary, according to Mary, but this one is writing according to Joseph's you know, point of view, and he explains what happened with Joseph because of time. We are not going to read it, but he said that Joseph was already in his mind. He was already, he had already divorced Mary. He had already said, no, this is not going to happen, but he didn't want to do it publicly. He wanted to do it in secret because he didn't want to, to, to really shame Mary. He wanted to divorce Mary. Joseph made his plans without first taking it before God. Thankfully, God rescued Joseph from his mistakes. Because that's what we are told. But imagine if God never rescued Joseph. What road would have Joseph took? Imagine if he, you are wrestling with things, but you want to deal with them yourself, and if God doesn't break in. But thankfully, we are going to discover that Joseph responded well afterwards. Because there are some of us, when God speaks, even if he confirms it in different ways, we still resist that. But this was never the case with Joseph. He responded to God's call. We make, sometimes we make decisions that if we were better informed, we would not make. Joseph, because he was not well informed, before God comes to him, he decided to divorce Mary. We must be careful that when we face an interruption, we don't just react according to our own fears and feelings. We have to be careful. When we face interruptions that are unexpected and life-changing, we should take them before God first and foremost for his wisdom and perspective. Do you go to God or do you go to yourself? If we are not careful, our response to an interaction can send us down the wrong path. Joseph nearly went down to the wrong path. When he discovered Mary's pregnancy, he was probably devastated. In his mind, we are told there was nothing but divorce. 
thankfully, it got God's perspective of his interruption. Do you have God's perspective in what you're going through? Will you write it down and say, I think this is God's perspective? Or are you totally confused? It's okay to be confused. It's okay to question. It's okay to wrestle with things, but what are you doing about it? Here we see that Mary is in a most vulnerable position with respect to the rest of the village. Vulnerable position. And the only person who she can really look to is Joseph. How is Joseph going to respond to this? Now, let me speak to those of you who are married for a bit, a couple. You know, sometimes God breaks in, interrupts our lives by not speaking to two people, just to one person. <laughs> Please, be gracious towards your spouse. It's not a good place to be. And you don't push out. You can learn something here from Joseph. And kids as well, those who are hard out here, you have to be gracious to your parents. Pray for them. Really seek God because it's not a good position to be in. But again, I want to say something. When God breaks in, he will make sure that he prepare even the people on the other side. So if God is really putting something on your heart about your neighbors. You are not to be scared. You have to move towards God and say, I want to hear more. And let me tell you, God will prepare their hearts. That's what God did in this case. He said to Mary, I'll take care of it. You know what Matthew wrote? And God actually shared the responsibility. The responsibility is not just on Mary, but he also said to Joseph, you will be the one to name that son. You call him Jesus. So now it's not the problem of Mary alone, it's become a couple's problem. But it can only happen when we respond well to God. The villagers, no doubt, considered Joseph the father of Jesus. While it was wrong to have sexual relations during the pledged period, there was no form of punishment that uh, Mary was to face. But let's look quick what Joseph did. You know, taking Mary into his home was the good thing that Joseph did because what he did removes the social stigma that would have been associated with Mary. He took on the role of a protector and provided godly leadership in their relationship. That's what we learn from Joseph. Just by saying yes to God. He shows himself to be a man of faith and the strength. And not weakness. His willingness to obey God demonstrates that he, like Mary, has a servant's heart towards God. And is fully obedient to the call of God on his life. When I look at this story, if it's in my context, my relative would jump into our relationship and said, Andre, you don't have to go ahead with it. 
It's a shame to, the, to our family. You don't have to do this. You have to let Sabrina go. You have to listen to us. There are so many things that can be said, but you have to be careful that the loudest voice is not what is pushing you to make a decision when you have been interrupted by God. You have to hear God than hear people. Seek advice. Go to those who have gone ahead of you. Go on your knees. I'm going to give us all those things now. So far, we've looked at interruptions happen, but it is how we respond to them that is key. And the third point is that interruptions are not distractions from the journey. They are the journey itself. So when you think that, oh, these are distractions or these are obstacles, I want you to know that these interruptions, they're already the journey. You are on the journey. When we were coming here, my wife and I, we had to change platforms and the train, but it got us to the destination. It is part of the journey. Yeah. Oh, you'll be interrupted, but I want you to remember this. It is part of the journey. Because we don't have time, Mary and Joseph got a lot of obstacles, a lot of interruption. They become refugees in Egypt, but it was all part of the journey. Without that, the church wouldn't have existed today. It's because of their obedience. Salvation has become possible because of this young lady. Interactions are a chance to see God's sovereign plan at work. They are a chance to experience the presence of God as you journey. And they are a chance for God to do a deep work in you. They are not distractions. Embrace them. Expect it. I started at 10, so I've done 30 minutes. I'm left with a little time. You're okay. They used to me, and I'm Oh, Okay. So we have to understand that interruptions are often the way God gets our attention. Sometimes. He wants your attention. He'll bring stuff in your life. He'll bring stuff in my life. And often these interruptions remind us that there is a God. There is really a God. And that he has a plan. Often we get perspective about what really matters. We get distracted by life. But when there is an interruption, we are reminded that there is a plan at work that is bigger than ours. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for his world. He created it. He doesn't need permission to interrupt us. As long as it is for his glory, he will do it. And he's going to do it with people he created in his own image, and that's you and me. Now, maybe you are here this morning, and you really need to hear this. God has interrupted your life because he wants to get your attention. He has things to say, and things to do in your life. Don't resist him. He wants to break him. Maybe you are here this morning. For you, you've been exploring the claims of Jesus. 
Maybe there are questions that you've been asking that don't make sense. Maybe this is for you. God has interrupted your life because he wants to get your attention. I got excited when I hear that there is Alpha starting. Maybe that is a good starting point. Sign up for that. You know, I'm an inquirer by strength, and the French people who I can, like, attach myself to, uh, though I should have been more to the Belgium side, but we love to inquire. We look into words and say, so the word sovereign, you know, what does it mean? God, sovereign plan, and all that. You know, it, it shows that God is ultimate powerful. He's, he's above everything. So when we talk about the sovereign plan of God, it is the plan that is above all other plans, your plans and my plan, and above all circumstances. Yes. Mary and Joseph are part of a bigger plan. They had their own plans, but they didn't know that they were actually part of a bigger plan, the plan of God's. A sovereign plan at work. And we know again that they went through a lot, many other obstacles. For Mary and Joseph, all these things that they experienced were actually in line with what had already been said. Can you see the beauty? We are on the other side. We are so privileged when we are reading stories like this. We should be encouraged when faced with any kinds of interruptions because we know that it has already been planned by God in, on his calendar, on his to-do list. These things are going to come. Looking back, we are able to see how these uncontrollable and inconvenient circumstances that happen in Mary and Joseph's life, we're actually saying, oh, come on. God's perfect plan, God's sovereign plan is in action here. We can see it. We can see that Mary, even if they went through all these things, God was actually at work, working in and through them. He hasn't stopped. Yeah, yes. He hasn't stopped. Isaiah 7.14, it is prophesied, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign beyond the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Micah 5.2 says, he prophesied, but you, Bethlehem, through you, as more among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And for God to fulfill this, he needed to go through someone. And that person is Mary and Joseph. God has a plan for this city. And for God to really do something in this city is going to use you. He's going to pass in and through you. He's going to use you as a church, but he's going to use you as individuals in your small corners where God has plugged you. It is not by accident. You have to ask yes. God the question, why am I here? Yes, yes. There was a promise in the Old Testament that although the kings in the line of David had ceased to function, Yet God was still watching over the royal line. Yes. And it was promised that one day 
God's royal savior would come out of the line of David. At the time of our story, the line of David was, you know, humiliated. No one, nothing, there was quiet, none, and the Israel, the people of God were dominated. It didn't seem very likely that any kings would be coming from this line anytime soon. When you look back to the history, how they suffered, etc. And a lot of people then, in any case, the kind of son of David that people were hoping for was a soldier, politician, who would reverse the fortune of Israel and drive out to the occupying Roman Empire and our armies. But God did the opposite. God's sovereign plan is not what we would expect. It's not what you would expect. It's not what I would expect. God is above all. God is about to send his son. And he went through this young girl. And this young man, Joseph, he chooses, you know, a neglected country, Israel. He chooses a neglected area of the country, Galilee. Very neglected. He said, I'm choosing that city. I'm choosing that place. I'm choosing that country. He chooses an important village within that area. Nazareth. He chooses not a famous rich man or a mighty politician to fulfill his plan and to really send his son, but he chose a teenager girl, innocent. God is still doing something even today. While you are asking yourself, am I really useful to the body of Christ? I want to say to you, yes, you are. So this teenager girl is engaged to someone in the house of David whose ancestors were kings of Israel. Can you see how the prophecy got, you know, fulfilled? That's the reason why when we are interrupted, we should not be too quick to start complaining. We should ask God, what are you trying to teach me? Is there something in this situation that I can't see? Please, Lord, review it to me. Now, we are going to be landing now. Enough is enough, because the way my wife is looking at me. (laughs) Yeah. Now, we have to understand that sometimes our, our plan A are not God's plan A. Maybe it's our plan B or C, or maybe the unknown. That's what God will use as our plan A. So here are three lessons from Mary to remember when you encounter an interruption, and I'm going to land there. I'm going to leave you. We are going to pray. We are going to have communion. This is what you can do. You know, friends, if we had the moment of um, maybe the other time, if, if, if I do well today, if they invite me again, <laughs> I will come and share with you stuff after stuff and how we've experienced God's end after a lot of pain, a lot of disappointment, a lot of things in our lives, but we're still holding on and we're still trusting him because we know God, that he has a plan which is better than our plans. He knows what we don't know. And God will do that for you as he has done it for us. So here's the first one. Pray and pursue God's presence when you are going through difficulties. 
interruptions happen. Pray and pursue God's presence. The first thing to do when your life is interrupted is to stop and pray. Pray for guidance. Pray for wisdom and discernment. Pray for courage. Pray for help. Invite God in. Don't run away. The second one, prayers and gratitude. If you read chapter 1, again, you go to verse 46. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. A beautiful song. A praise song. is praising. She's praising the Lord. Mary worships God because of who he is. His character, his faithfulness, his mercy. I encourage you to go read that. As well as because of what he has done, she's calling those things to mind. Can I encourage you to do that? Call the things to mind. Look back what God has done for you, for your family, for your friends, for this community. And call those things to mind and thank God when you are going through difficulties. Remember what he has done. It is not by accident that we've got a review mirror, you call it. In our car, you know, when we are driving, we are not driving looking into there, but we are looking into the big screen. But it's important to look into that small, small mirror because it can help us see who is behind us. It can help us to know where to stop and all that. It is beautiful when we look into the past, the goodness of God, what God has done for you. In fact, the greatest miracle is your salvation if you're a Christ follower. You look at that, you say, God, you saved me a sinner. Today I know you. I can approach you without having to go through processes. I am your son, your child. I am your daughter. That is a big thing to rejoice, to really sing a song of praise and say, thank you, God. Mary was aware of God's provision and also that God was in control. It is a powerful reminder for us to be people who see and notice, who celebrate and appreciate God's presence and provision. No matter what is happening, we have to keep our gratitude levels high and strong. The third and final lesson from Mary is obedient and surrender. Read verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your will. I am the Lord's servant. I'm ready to do all that you say. I am here. That's such a brave sentence. It's so brave. She doesn't know everything that's about to happen to us. She doesn't have a detail to say this is how it's going to happen. But she said, you know what, I'm just your servant. I don't need to know the details. I'm your servant, and I said yes. And she doesn't even know how Joseph is going to respond, but she said, you know what, I'm a servant. Do with me what you want. Interruptions can redirect our lives. This was true of Joseph and Mary. Their plans were interrupted, but oh, what an interruption if you look at it. Can you imagine a more wonderful privilege or a more challenging responsibility than to be the human parents of the Son of God? 
the direction their future took was not what they had planned, but it was so much better than their own. Can I invite us to stand? Have you ever considered that God can do this kind of thing in your life? Not that you'd be made the parents of the Son of God, but that God can take what seems to be an interruption, an unforeseen problem, a direction you didn't choose, and use it to set your life on a new and a better path. Have you ever considered that? The gift of interrupted life is real. And it will happen to you if it hasn't. Interruptions happen, but it is how we respond to them that is key. Interruptions are not distractions, they are the journey. They are not distractions to the journey, but they are the journey. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to be with your sons and daughters. Father Lord, you, you knew why you interrupted this uh, eldership team, the leadership team of this community, God first. You wanted me in your plans. You wanted me yes. to come and share your yes. words. Father yes. Lord, on my checklist when coming here, it was not there. I was just coming to visit. But you knew why you wanted me to share. Lord, I pray that you touch the hearts of your sons and daughters this morning. Father, reveal to them your plans, your will, the things that they don't have on their to-do list. Lord, I pray that they would experience your favor and grace. Lord, I pray for this community, God, that you would burn stuff on their heart for this city. Lord, I pray for men and women, maybe who have have been staying backwards, you know, maybe they are are not looking forward, no excitement for mission, for ministry, or for what you are doing in and through this church, that you'd reveal to them your plan, God, for what you are doing in and through this city. I bless them. I pray that, God, you continue to be with them because you have called them to be where they are, to the glory of your name. Bless the leadership team. Bless each person in this community. Remember them and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.